Great presenters versus great performers. Sometimes they're the same, rarely. There are people that are very good politicians. And they look good, they talk right, they say all the right things, they make you feel good, the bosses feel good, they, they promise a lot, and they really give good presentations. It's kind of like a great movie. Great performers sometimes aren't very good at presenting or communicating, or they refuse to. Many The old term was brown nose or whatever, build a relationship, and they can get lost in an organization a little bit. And again, people say, well, Loma, you are just looking for guys who could help you fix it. I would think any leader would want people who can do a really good job, regardless of whether they're a good presenter, politician, or not. I found it was easier to teach a great performer how to be a good presenter than a great presenter how to be a good performer. All right. For me, success is continuing to fulfill my potential. So it's always something I'm looking toward, not something I've achieved. To me, success is doing something that you love to do, that allows you to be of service to others, and it, it gives you a sense of fulfillment in your heart. I think I, I chased success so much that I put happiness on hold for 20 years, and now I realize if I put happiness first, the success chases me. Success is being able to have the control of your day-to-day, -day, of your life, of having a freedom, financial independence. If you're doing it on your own schedule, that's success. In essence, the fulfillment of knowing that you've done your best is my de definition of success. This is the Alden Report. I'm super excited about our latest program look we've been on television for close to 20 years literally selling hundreds of millions of dollars with products and services that have had a positive impact on people's lives we've created millionaires if you've ever watched television you've most likely seen me on television not dressed like this but in a suit and a tie listen we've re-engineered the process we're allowing people a small group of people whether you're an author whether you're a business coach whether you're an entrepreneur whether you have a program or a service that you feel as though that could have a positive impact on people's lives and you want to up level your game you know you're tired of what's going on on social media you're tired of ai is not kicking in you're tired of all the money that you're spent and you're not seeing any return you're tired of all these fraudsters out there that tell you they're going to put you in huffington post or usa today or forbes and it's nothing just but a joke you want to be in front of millions of people every single day all over the country folks we've been doing it for 20 years we've re-engineered the process we've made it possible for the average everyday person to participate in this if you want to up level your game if you truly want to build your profile if you truly want to get in front of millions of people every single day send me a direct message at mike alden see it on the bottom of the screen at mike alden put tv in the message and i will get back to you personally and see if you're a good fit for us again send me a direct message at mike alden send me the message tv and we'll see if you're a good fit this is the alden report All right, my name is Mike Alden. We are here in Blue Bay Studios. Of course, I'm rocking my wicked happy hat. It's freezing out here. I got my 99 cent glasses, and I'm ex I'm super excited for my next guest. Uh, my next guest is a 
Wall Street Journal, USA Today, best-selling author. Uh, he's the author of, of a book that the title is, if you know anything about me uh, in books, the title is super sexy. And the title is, It's Impossible to Commit to Maybe. This guy has done things at levels that most of us dream about. He's also what we call a turnaround expert. And I've also appointed him a mentor uh, of mine. Please help me welcome Dave Lumley. Dave, thanks so much for being here. Hi. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I look forward to it. So uh, you're out in California, uh, and uh, I'm here in uh, in Beverly, Massachusetts. It's freezing. I think you're in Montecito, uh, which is a beautiful area. So um, I don't know. I think we were talking earlier. I'd like to switch places with you, but you know, for for now, we'll just we'll keep it as is. So um, so you wrote this book. It's impossible to commit to maybe. That's kind of how you and I met. Um, but if you could, you know, let let's just kind of start with your career in the in 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 your kind of journey you know post college like what wh- like what was your first gig how did you start to get involved in in business and and um and also the world of entrepreneurship well it, it's like most people it's 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 not a straight path um and i feel i feel your pain but i've lived in ohio wisconsin illinois and colorado twice so so i've been there um how did it start? You know, I uh, I was going to be a journalist, and I made money in high school and college doing that. And uh, I went to Northwestern Graduate School, started a magazine. I thought that was going to be great, and uh, I was wanted to write a book, like most of us think about that. And then I found out in nineteen, you know, late seventies that uh, journalists didn't make too much money, <laughs> and uh, I got a chance to go in a PR firm at at firm, and I learned a lot. Got to work on all this stuff and. In there, it dawned on me that some of the things you learn in journalism, how to organize, how to get your point across, how to talk, how to write, was pretty critical for an executive uh, in business to be successful. And uh, so after a while being in that business, it was clear that I thought, boy, I'd I'd rather be on the side where you have a little more say in what's going on with the company and the customers and stuff. And I moved into an industrial company and I learned a bunch there and had some smart people. And then I was about 29. I got a call from a guy who said, hey, uh, PepsiCo owns Wilson Sporting Goods. And I think we have a job for you over there. You can use your PR and your advertising and marketing. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I went to Wilson Sporting Goods. And yeah, I met all the sports stars and and then some and uh, dealt with all the leaks and learned a lot there. I was there 10 years and I moved, had a chance to move up. You know, like today they call it a CMO chief marketing officer. That wasn't the term. I did that. And got a chance to run the golf division and learned a lot about sales. Some stuff in the book about that, you know, about how uh, you got to learn how to deal with a lot of egos and, and politics. So uh, I learned a lot there. And then we uh, we were a turnaround. I mean, um, Pepsi's view of things and how the sporting goods industry work were not the same. And uh, so we had to rebuild. And we did that. We sold to one of the first venture capitalist guys, Bill Simon, U.S. Treasury Secretary, Westray Capital. And right away, early, we learned what it was like to have someone own you who uh, had different goals than you. So, you know? all right. So, at that point, so you're in your what, like late 20s, early 30s? Yeah, I'm like 28, 29. Yeah. So, you know, when. You know, we'll talk a lot uh, again about you know kind of what you've done and in, in, in your your you've been CEO of multiple businesses and companies and uh, turned them around and just done some amazing things. But 
I, as I'm listening to you, um, I'm thinking, I think a lot of people, when they see your success and, and the things you've done, and, and, and it's all again in your book, um, they might think that it just kind of happens. And I think you, 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 you talk a little bit about that in your book as well. You, you truly climbed the ranks, right? It didn't just happen for you. Yeah. You know, uh, I could have never imagined that I would make a million dollars in my whole career, more or less what I had the opportunity to make. And clearly when I was 29, I, I, I would have signed up right then. Right. You know, to retire with a million dollars. Um, I think what I learned there, and I, and, and I had some good mentors there. And, and luckily I had a, a strong uh, father and, uh, and mentors who taught me about, you know, sales is the game. I mean, you, you learn everything in sales. You got to do it. And, you know, back then, and even now, I think sales is a little dirty word. Guys get MBAs, financial degrees. They all want to be investment bankers. They're all going to make big money. But you really don't know how a company works until you got to get the product, introduce it, price it, have a customer take it, have a consumer buy it. And uh, it's it's there where my, my career changed. And being under pressure, you know, uh, I learned that human beings really don't do anything until they have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And and uh that was especially true there. And and you know, when your company's under siege and you can go down and everything you have is gone, um, you learn. You learn to decide, you learn to get on with it. Or or you don't, and you're gone, right? And the company's gone. And that's kind of what happened at Wilson. We were right up against it. A Black Friday back then happened and our stock offering failed, and we it was gonna be over. So we had to find someone to buy the company, but we had to learn how to run it. And it's there I came up with, I think it's a chapter in my book I call Chaos as an Opportunity. That's what I was going to go right say, to that. Yeah, I mean, people always say, well, God, you know, how did you do this? Well, I, I, I was born in a very humble family. I, I was the first one to even go to college, more or less grad school, and I borrowed all that money. And uh, chaos, though, and I, I think even my dad told me, you go to where there's, there's a problem, you're going to learn. And I did. I put my hand up. I said, hey, let, give me a chance to do the golf division. Give me a chance to go with the Sony Wilson uh, joint venture that they wanted out. Pepsi sent me to do that. And I went to all the bad jobs. Right? But it was there I really learned how to communicate, get people to work together and do things. And, you know, people said, oh, gosh, how did you do all those turnarounds? All successful. I said, you do them one at a time and you learn from your mistakes because there, there's no class called turnaround. Right. So, so. It's really interesting uh, when you talk about that in your chapter about chaos. You know, I think it's chaos equals opportunity or something like that. Um, and I, I think it's somewhat of a contrarian view for a lot of people, especially in the corporate world. And you, again, I know you talk about this in the book where, where you know, you've got that MBA and I know you talk about that as well. And you have this cush job. Um, and but you were presented with these with these opportunities, which a lot of people would say, no way, I don't want to touch that. When you first were, in, well, I guess with with, with, it, with with Wilson, it was like you. It just happened to you, right? But then, right. But later on, you you invited this stuff. You said, <laughs> right. "I'll I'll I'll, I'll right. do this." I kept signing up for it, right? And you can think, of, you know, in business, there's examples of guys who have been successful. With that in sports, there's head coaches who are successful. With that even in families, certain family members are better at putting things back together. I think I had this drive. I actually enjoyed fixing things. I like the challenge. I like to be able to decide fast. I, you know, to put together people who were good at that. And there's nothing wrong with people who aren't good at turnarounds. I mean, 
if you're running Coca-Cola, the best thing you could do is not make a mistake. Right. Right. And and that's great. But I, I didn't really enjoy that as much as I enjoyed. Boom. You know, we've got it right now. We've got but isn't it? But isn't it stressful? And, you know, again, we're talking about chaos, but I mean, isn't it stressful and scary and all those things that people try to avoid, even though you're right? Well, it is stressful. Are you a masochist? Is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's anything like I mean I'm certainly not a doctor, but you think about surgeons, right? And and the, there's the guys who are great in the ER because they love right now they're in control. We can get it fixed, and there's a great satisfaction in that. There's other people that are very good at keeping the status quo, and frankly, most people are are gravitate towards that. Um, but in my case, that's what I like to do. And the more success you have at it, and the new challenges each time. But at the end of the day, it's still about leadership and getting people to believe and trust you and execute. It's really not any different than a real a company doing very well. Although you can see today there's examples everywhere from Apple running well, and then they had a change, they had to bring in a new guy. Look what's happened to Twitter. Look what's happened to Tesla. I mean, one person can have a dramatic input on a company of any size, of, of any size. Now, of course, the more you, you can influence it, the better, but Sometimes it's not the leader who's not so good. It could be the owners or it could be a certain manager. But I, I enjoyed it because what I didn't enjoy was the slow, prodding, red tape, political game. Let's all just not do anything to screw things up, which is really what a board of directors is supposed to do, right? But I really enjoyed that. And after Wilson, I had the chance at Outboard Marine, which was... Most people would know that as Johnson Everyone Outboards and Chris Craft Boats and, and all that. And again, the same thing. They're like, Jesus, what are we going to do here? How are we going to solve these problems? And again, I learned more there. I'm super excited about our latest program. Look, we've been on television for close to 20 years literally selling hundreds of millions of dollars with products and services that have had a positive impact on people's lives we've created millionaires if you've ever watched television you've most likely seen me on television not dressed like this but in a suit and a tie listen we've re-engineered the process we're allowing people a small group of people whether you're an author whether you're a business coach whether you're an entrepreneur whether you have a program or a service that you feel as though that could have a positive impact on people's lives and you want to up level your game you know you're tired of what's going on on social media you're tired of AI is not kicking in. You're tired of all the money that you're spent and you're not seeing any return. You're tired of all these fraudsters out there that tell you they're going to put you in Huffington Post or USA Today or Forbes and it's nothing just but a joke. You want to be in front of millions of people every single day all over the country. Folks, we've been doing it for 20 years. We've re-engineered the process. We've made it possible for the average everyday person to participate in this. If you want to up-level your game, if you truly want to build your profile, if you truly want to get in front of millions of people every single day, send me a direct message at Mike Alden. See it on the bottom of the screen. At Mike Alden, put TV in the message, and I will get back to you personally and see if you're a good fit for us. Again, send me a direct message at Mike Alden. Send me the message, TV, and we'll see if you're a good fit.